Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. As always, we're happy to have you join us and we hope you will feel free to share these reflections with on God's word with those that you know and love. Let's just now pause for a moment of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel according to John, the third chapter, beginning at the 22nd verse. Hear the word of God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he spent some time there with them and baptized. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because water was abundant there, and people kept coming and were being baptized. John, of course, had not yet been thrown into prison. Now, a discussion about purification arose between John's disciples and a Jew. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the one who was with you across the Jordan to whom you testified, here he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, No one can receive any, anything except what has been given from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase and I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted his testimony has certified this, that God is true. He whom God has sent speaks with the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has placed all things in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever disobeys the Son will not see life but must endure God's wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple Sundays ago, we began the year with the Sunday on our liturgical calendar called the Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It's a day at the beginning of each year that shines a light on how the great story of Jesus' ministry begins. And it begins when this strong and somewhat imposing man, John the Baptist, takes his place out in the wilderness, wading deep into the Jordan River, and he's there to call the people of Israel to repentance. And he keeps talking about the one who is to come and how he, John the Baptist, is unworthy even to stoop and untie the thongs of his sandals. John impresses us with how he sees himself in relationship to the Messiah that is to come. He measures himself against the person of Jesus. Phyllis Brooks, the great Boston preacher and composer of O Little Town of Bethlehem, wrote once, The true way to be humble is not to stoop until you are smaller than yourself, but to stand at your real height against some higher nature that will show you what the real smallness of your greatness is the real smallness of your greatness you see it's only when john can see jesus for who he is is that he can see himself then for who he really is and that he can later say about jesus as he does in our text today 
He must increase and I must decrease. The first step then in the good news for you and for me is to get a right view of ourselves, the smallness of our greatness. I love the story that Ralph Kiner, the great outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates decades ago, when he went to the front office to meet with Branch Rickey, the owner of the Pirates, to demand a raise. I hit 37 home runs this past year. I led the league in home runs. I want a raise. Rickey replied, well, Ralph, where did we finish this year? Last, said Kiner. Well, I guess we finished last with you, and we can certainly then finish last without you the smallness of our greatness. The good news starts when we gain a right view of ourselves. Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison as a prisoner of the apartheid regime in South Africa, and most of that time he was in an eight-foot by seven-foot cell with a straw mat to sleep on. He was allowed only one letter and one visit every six months. Well, in a matter of days, he went from that to becoming the first leader of the anti-apartheid movement, and then to becoming a candidate for the presidency, and then becoming the first democratically elected leader of the country, and then to being a Nobel Prize winner and world leader. At the top of his world popularity, an incident occurred in a visit he made to Shanghai. Staying at a hotel there, Mandela was told that the hospitality staff in that culture would consider it an affront if the former president would not allow them to make his bed. Mandela, as a matter of discipline and as a matter of perspective and as a matter of reminding himself who he was, would never allow anyone else to make his bed. He made it himself. Well, what to do? Mandela asked if the staff of the hotel would be gracious enough to give him a moment of their time, especially the maids who were to make his bed, and they did, and he extended to them his appreciation for their service, and would they be kind enough to extend to him their service by allowing him to make his own bed? The service staff agreed. The good news, you see, begins when you have a right view of yourself, the, the smallness of your greatness. Maybe Jesus had it in mind when he sat at table for the last time with his band of disciples, realizing that their little world was going to fall apart soon with betrayals and denials and doubts and fleeing. Maybe Jesus remembered back to the beginning when John could see the kingdom coming, the kingdom of stooping, the kingdom of seeing that you're a part of something greater. And because none of those men around the table were worthy to even stoop to untie his sandals, Jesus knew what he had to do. He had to stoop and untie their sandals. Towel, basin, he washed their feet. A new baptism, shall we call it. Oh, no, says Peter. Oh, no, not me. And, and Jesus says, oh, yes, you have to stoop and let me, you have to let me stoop below you so that I can have a part in you and you can have a part in me. It brings to mind a story I've shared before about Booker T. Washington, who had come to be the new president of Tuskegee University. One day he was walking through the nicer part of town and a woman on her porch, thinking he was the hired help, called out to the professor, oh, would he please come and chop wood for her stove? And without missing a beat, the professor walked over to the wood pile, took off his coat, started chopping, and when a good pile had been assembled, he took it into the house and then went on his way. 
Later, the woman's daughter asked her mother if she knew what she had just done, that she had just asked the president of the local college to chop her some wood. The woman was mortified and the next morning appeared in Washington's office, apologizing profusely. She said repeatedly, I, I didn't know it was you I was putting to work. Washington replied, oh, it's entirely all right, madam. I like to work and I'm delighted to do favors for my new friends and neighbors. He must increase and I must decrease, said John the Baptist. And it could only be said by a man who understood the great truth that our greatness isn't found in tooting our own horn, but in the knowledge of who we seek to be like. When we see ourselves in relationship to Jesus, Jesus said, the greatest among you is the servant of all, the smallness of our greatness. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh God, for your coming into the world. And we thank you for those moments when we have truly a healthy perspective on who we are and whose we are and what the world is. We pray, O oh God, that you will help us to, uh, to invite you into our lives and for us to see the enormity of who you are so that we can embrace um, the smallness of our own greatness. And so we pray your blessing upon this week and we ask, O oh God, that we may always sense uh, the peace of your presence for we pray it in Christ's name, amen.